0: Hi, I'm Steve Dace. So if you're looking for a summer worldview camp, this is the place to be. July 16th to the 20th, we're going to encourage your kids to become the next generation of cultural leaders. We've got pastors like Douglas Wilson, filmmakers, cultural critics and commentators like myself and Matt Walsh from The Daily Wire. Sign up at calledconference.ninja again moscow idaho july 16th to the 20th called conference dot ninja Welcome back to What Have You. I'm Rachel Jankovic. I'm Becca Merkel. And here we are at the park. Having skipped a week again. On a hot May day at the park. Yeah. And we're sorry guys about last week. It just got away from I us. I actually couldn't even tell you what happened last week and why we didn't manage oh, to get a podcast in. I think in. I could tell you. Maybe I couldn't. We were it just all just screaming up. around not <laughs> doing podcasts. <laughs> 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 the the podcast did not come to happen and then we had a sudden kind of last minute trip to nashville that i went with ben and uh then got stuck in airports and delayed an extra day and so i just got back like an hour ago and have been up most of the night following upon a red eye out I did not realize that you just got back an hour ago. To welcome did. back to Thank Idaho. You. Thank you. But yeah, I red eyed out on Friday night and then we were there Saturday and then Sunday we were supposed to get back and then we got stuck. And anyway, all to say if I'm not coherent, everyone just bear with. Just know why. because mm-hmm. we missed a podcast and things have been bad. bad and we ever didn't since. even get a coffee before this. I had some did. cold coffee. You in have car. coffee. You I can don't have, have that. any coffee. Yeah. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Anyways. Life was anyway. Who <laughs> life was speedy last week. Okay. Life is going to be speedy this week because it's finals week. It's the last week graduation. of school. My son turns twenty. This is the last few days that I will have five teenagers. cool? It's very cool. <sighs> You're yawning. You don't yeah, get to yawn. I can. I may if I want to. <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I there are two questions that we've Getting gotten sassy. that I can think of that I meant to bring like that I was I think I may have responded to people I'll bring that up or something and now we'll find out if I even remember what those were because things being what they are (laughs) we haven't been keeping them in a notebook we don't have a show manager who takes diligent notes no nothing like that has ever happened to us to us on cue cards (laughs) no (laughs) if only they did so uh I could use someone holding up a thing saying, "You already told that story. <laughs> would you stop? Uh-huh. Would you stop talking about it?" Okay, so the first one was someone saying they'd never heard of doing singing psalms that really? they had not or okay. or never. And did we have recommendations for kind of getting okay. started? And um, I and then I was like, "Wow, I guess we started." I would say our own history of psalm singing was something that started when we were children, really Jesus people kind of scripture songs. Movement, well, I was going to say, right? you probably sung Psalms yeah, without maybe not. So that that's what you're doing. You um, know? yeah, like, but I was thinking that's probably, that's like the entry level, right? Would be a lot of those scripture songs. Yeah. A lot of those are yeah. Psalms. So, um, those are still good classics. I love those from sure. a lot of those from our childhood. And then we, when our church started seriously, um, when we were convicted that we ought to be singing psalms, not just the great hymns of the faith, but we should also be singing psalms. Uh, wasn't it the book of Psalms for singing or something like I think that? think so, yeah. That's a, a psalter that had a lot of um, ones that have become real favorites yeah. from that. so. I don't know. I think that they had a... I feel like there was a CD, right? That you could listen to some of those. Well, we learned them as a congregation. So I'm thinking Mm -hmm. if you don't play the piano or you couldn't get yourself started. But from that one, the ones that were our real... Like the ones that we sing all the time would be 22C. uh, 98A. 98A. What's the one that we sing at all of the... um, 112, I feel like was a hit. 128 uh-huh one twelve seventy six sixty four like I remember them like that, which is funny one nineteen x yeah the thing the funniest part about those to me is that then we switched to other many of them being the same psalms but no longer called by their numbers right and so now um we would call- i it's we have like a mashup system going, but a good c d would be uh brother down did a CD with Canon where you could hear those are less like the Psalms that we would sing in church because what we sing in church is um primarily vocal singing we have a piano or accompaniment but it's not like a band performing up on the stage we're primarily singing with our voices in church um so, but those are good. Still, great ways to learn some of the psalms. And then I'm. Well, trying it's a to think. great way to just get because some of those the early kind of like chorus ones that we knew they're a great way to learn like two verses. But the fun thing about singing a whole psalm is that you actually get to know the whole psalm and not just a little. Well, snippet some of, of the it. psalms like one nineteen X we long. we're not singing no, the whole psalm. We're singing X. But you might learn entirety. Right, and I do love, I do love that when I, when I read the psalms, I sing the psalms. You can't read a psalm and not notice, like, you, you, and, um, Mm -hmm. and then we got, so then we got into a phase as a church where we started doing more with the through composed psalms, uh, like 95, and those are oftentimes less winsome at the outset in their tune. Like, they're less, um... You're not often bowled over by the tune of mm-hmm. a through-composed psalm. And you might be like, what's this about? But because it does not repeat the tune. The tune is set to the words. Yeah, you should explain through-composed means... Through-composed means there's no verses. You're And it's also not turned into poetry. It's not rhyming. There's not changes of words. Yeah, you're just basically, it's the psalm, the way you would read it in the Bible, and a tune that takes you from the beginning to to the end. end. Now, the part that's less attractive about that is just that it can be harder to learn. I mean, it's harder to catch on to and do. And you're right, it can be less catchy. And sometimes the tune's because it's not rhyming and because it's not, like, it can be less catchy. But the massive advantage to that kind is that you actually learned the whole psalm from the beginning to the end. Right. And I think we could probably there's a lot of psalms that we've learned that way that I know my children without ever having tried tried to learn it, know the whole psalm. Uh-huh. You right. know? And so and some of those I'm not trying to say that they have to be bad tunes or something. They're just less often Right. Um so that's something and we what we sing now in church. Is a real combination of all those things except for the except for the scripture songs of the guitar days. We don't <laughs> sing those, we don't do those in church anymore, no, um, but, but we psalm sing sings, those with our kids and in the psalm sings. We the might psalm do that. Are fun though because if you get a bunch of people together and at least one person who can play the piano, then split up into parts and even people who are not music people. If you isolate out the bass part and teach them the bass and they part sing it and then together. teach them the tenor part, and then, and you can get a group of very average people to be singing four part harmony, and it's so fun when the whole very, group. really fun. When a group like suddenly notices that they can do that, it's really infectious. Especially in that first Psalter we talked about, the songs for singing or psalms for singing, or isn't that what it was called? I don't know. I think it was called that. I thought, I think of it as just being the Psalter, but I right. know that there's more than one of those. So, you know, whatever. Um, but there were a number of fuging tunes in uh-huh. that. And those are always crowd favorites yeah. because a fuging tune means that the parts come in at different times. So right. usually there's a, there is a, all four parts. So the two men's voice parts and two women's voice parts sing some kind of an opening and then the, it's usually the second half of the verse is the fuguing tune. Yeah, I mean, like I don't think that's a rule. It just happens. Yeah. Um, but they're not usually choruses cuz they're usually separate verses on those. But then it they come in in different parts, so like the basses come in and then the tenors and then the altos and then the sopranos yeah. and then there's some repetition and and they're really fun to sing. So if you have people who can pick out Parts and learn it in a small group. It's really rewarding. Yeah. it's fun to do. It's fun. Are there any other psalm singing recommends that you have? Off of that, no. I was like, I feel you like just we've covering that one. Well, out, oh though, no, no. I hadn't I, thought yeah, about it at all. I know. All. I hadn't really either. Our church does have a app, Christ Kirk, right? Christ Kirk. If you go on there, in the there's a section in the app that is music, and there's a number of the songs being taught with david erb playing the piano but the music up on the screen you can actually listen to it so so what i would do when we had a new psalm sometimes we would just listen to it in the car over Mm -hmm. and over with the kids and they would sing along and then we would learn it so that's a good resource for you know someone teaching you so okay closing out the psalms question I like this sort of like letters to the editor episode here. Yeah, except what where it's just two letters to the editor. And just I'm hoping everyone, that that's all I remember. I'm just going to say that I'm horrifyingly bad at Facebook messages. Like I don't notice that they came through. And so Rachel is the person who is good at answering well, questions. Well, we say that, but then again, I don't. Well, sometimes, you're better. Sometimes you I'm, handle a question. I, I do. If happen. I see it, I try to handle a question. But my trouble is I honestly just don't see it. So that's all right. So this is this is the the uh, second question was about kind of like loved the discussion of various boys, raising boys and girls kinds of things. But the big, what she felt like we were not discussing is, but what do your boys do while you're doing all this stuff with your daughters? What, oh, like, okay. surely they need to be doing something also. Sure. So I would say... Like just practical boy tips? Is that what we're yeah, talking about? Yeah, but I think... Well, yeah, and I—I I actually just made me think we hadn't been really clear on how these things really go down in real life and real time, kind of. Because it's not like I, my girls wake up at dawn or, and are in the domestic arts uh, <laughs> no. like curriculum that I have going for them where they're from one subject to the next, you know, training all the time. No. so you And usually I have four girls and I have three boys, so usually... I'm not even with all the girls at one time. It's like somebody's learning something and someone's learning whatever. But it's not like we're... um, But I would say, at least in my house, the domestic arts part is incredibly organic in terms of... Totally. It doesn't... It's never like a, hey, girls, gather around as I teach you. No. Something You know, like it just... No. It just and a lot happens. of this stuff, which I hope we are clear on, we don't... We're not trying to keep the boys from knowing how to no, make but I dinner think, or I do think, whatever. But we're not... Okay, so maybe maybe I'm missing the gist of the question. But I feel like lately I've been thinking about this. We give our girls an education. I know we've talked about this. But we give them the identical education we give the boys. And I think in many ways it's actually tougher... For the girls to figure out what their role is. Or at least it's much easier to forget to provide them with that piece. Because I think they have to take their education. Which in the case of our kids and the school they go to. It's very rigorous. They're learning lots of kind of impressive academic things. But then we want them to be domestic. And so trying to... And we want them to be domestic with their impressive academic well, achievements without changing the subject yes like so we don't see it as two different uh two different horses that they're both trying they're trying to ride at the same time uh-huh it's actually we're we're seeing this as the way that we equip them to be domestic but that requires a um like one more step to translate it. Uh And I think it's actually much more direct for boys because boys, you give them the education, they go to college, they get their degree, they go into the workforce, it's all very linear. And I think girls have to be able to translate and adapt and take the same principles, but then uh, embody them differently. To me, it really is like them doing the other half of the dance. But it's like or was, that was my granddad always said. Not everyone thinks Fred Astaire is so great, but Ginger Rogers had to do it all backwards and in heels. Yeah. And the thing is Where is, did he was he quoting someone sure else? I'm sure he was. I Sounds think that's really kind Sounds of really famous. A truism. Yeah. But I remember granddad saying it. So <laughs> Yeah, but the thing is is like I feel like when you're when you simply give the girls an education, what you're doing is you're teaching them the the straight dance step, but then they have to learn how to flip it and do it slightly differently and so i think that that requires a much more conscious effort on the mother's part um if you're doing like if you're doing the like we're teaching you to be a thinker yeah uh, yeah, but intelligent you're teaching them that but then you have to teach them how does that connect to the domesticity piece and i think that that maybe i need to write this book about all the things you can learn in your craft guys we're sitting here at the park with the windows down so basically you're hearing the someone told the, me recently all the sounds that of someone Moscow. recently told me that we always are apologizing for noises they can't hear on the oh, really because podcast. see, if i ever re-listen to it i'm like whoa, whoa. Ooh, background noise around that now. happened there's yeah. my heater being weird again anyway um Maybe that was one of our deafer listers. <laughs> so so this is the thing um that I was thinking about that I don't ever there are occasionally things that I'd be like, listen girls, this is life and you need to know how to do this. This is gonna be your job long term. Yeah, sure. You gotta know how to that you know, yeah. just there are just things. It's like if you're gonna be a mom, you gotta know some kay. mom tidbits and almost universally those are things like you don't get to opt out of the laundry or it's not it's not like I'm teaching them ointments for diaper rashes or something. <laughs> it's not the details. I'm trying to shape the character Yeah the fixing it, your area. it is the character shaping things. The like yeah. don't be selfish or how much petty resentments yeah. are ugly. And obviously I would do that with boys too, but um, the thing I was thinking the real difference is that long-term we don't want our sons thinking of home as their where the their real where the real work of their life is going to go on kind well, of yes and no because obviously we want them to raise their families and pay attention to their families and be responsible right, for right but their families, i'm but talking about the different domestic, domestic art arts, side of the yeah. home like right. being people who are like we want sons who are oriented to the home in in a godly uh, manly way meaning that this is what i protect this is what i would give my life for right. not this is what i make cozy no this is what i make smell good and this no. is what i make you know like we want to, and it and it just it doesn't it's really more of a long-term orientation than it is a a specific things that we're not letting our boys do. So if it's really like crafts and things, our sons do more. Uh, they do stuff like they all like, all of our kids like to draw. All of our kids like to you know, build random things. All of them like to do pottery but the boys do more of that with the but see, okay, maybe this is me being too philosophical here, but we have talked about NSA before and New St. Andrews where both of us went your husband went my husband is the president of the college we're sold out on the vision of NSA and it's a liberal arts college and the goal of the education is not mere certification for certain sets of skills it's about turning the students into a particular kind of person and so we're trying to create students who are um, equipped to think, to communicate. There to goes speak. our neighbor in the parallel yeah. parking. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. got that happening. Mm-hmm. But but basically, our our approach on this is that if you create a particular kind of person, then acquiring those skills is going to be the least of their worries. You know, like yeah. they they of course if you're if you have created a person who's intelligent, motivated, um, able to. Uh, think clearly, communicate effectively, then they're going to be able to pick up any number of things and do it well. And I think that that's kind of our approach on the college end but I think it's kind of our approach with child rearing too totally because so, we're we're trying to turn our kids into a certain kind of person more than we are trying to get them to tick the boxes of having acquired a thousand percent whittling that, skills. which is what I meant by not worrying about diaper ointments or yeah. something it's not the details it's the what kind of a person are you that you see you know like um Like, for instance, it would be just as likely that I would make someone finish a perler bead project. Like, you must push through this and finish it. Mm -hmm. Like, if you got halfway into your perler beads and knocked it over and then got, got bummed out about it, or right. whatever. I might make you finish the perler bead project and right. not because I care about the perler bead project at sure. all. Right? Like it's kind of yeah. I don't care so in though, the I end if have, we have a plastic ironed turtle it's yeah. neither like, here wouldn't nor there. I would have made, made you start it, but now that you have it. But I'm now make that you, you got it. to <laughs> this, you're going to have to finish this. Yeah. And but I don't do that in a hyper way. I'm not following them around all the time checking for things. No. I'm just saying sometimes you see a real open door of character building opportunities where Someone is like whatever. I didn't really want to do that, anyways. And you're no. like, nah, that's not how we do it. Like, let's go back and, you know, or I, la- I talk with my older girls about letting. I'm sure I've talked about this before on the on the podcast, but letting your ideas die with dignity. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if you had an idea and you started it out and it didn't work, like it was yeah. not coming together. Things I can think of in our home would be like someone tried to whiz up a fleece alligator and it it looked like a I would say these are some of my forays into spray foam yeah it just it just was like well there you took a shot at that and that's super not what you intended or had hoped to see coming out the other end and and I'm like so my feeling is just learn from it Toss it. Don't be overly precious about it. Laugh about it. Like the things that we want to see in a child who has done something like that. But I think back to the boy thing. I think, I think my point here is that like on the college level, this is my metaphor. On the college level, of course you can't teach people to think and express themselves and be um, articulate and be hardworking and so forth without actually giving them tangible lessons and things to work on, right? You have to give them the books Either to that read. or they'll find it eventually yeah, but on their it's own. Like, but you yeah. have to give them a stack of books to read and you have to to teach them how to engage with it and everything. So you have to have grist for the mill there. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. like you have to have the actual things, but I think the way we view it is that those actual, those books are less the point. You could have probably picked a different book and it would have been just as good in terms of a lesson. Now, not not totally, but it's like if you were given the choice between four different church fathers to read and you picked one over the others, you know, it's like, sure, you probably could have picked B, C, or D, and it would have had the same general effect because it's less about the material. It's partly about the material, but it's more about the the you know, the effect that the material is producing in the person. And I think, which that is why that's... it matters less what you forgot that you learned yes, because, because it still shaped you. It shaped you. And so I think with the kids, with the child rearing stuff, like I don't have a specific set of like kind of dangerous book for boys skills that my boys need to have. No, all, no they need to all know in how this to age of internet lists. Those things are yeah, popular. And, and yeah. the thing is, it's like, I'd be just as happy if one of my boys was spending a long time trying to figure out how to build a, you know, picnic bench. As if he was deciding that he wanted to figure out keep Hebrew bees. grammar over yeah, the no, summer, it doesn't. Or yeah. And But if he was deciding what I'm going to get into is uh, embroidery, I would steer him away from that. Because saying, I feel nah. like there's a huge, broad spectrum of things that he could get good at. And just point him in the right direction gentle encouragement or steering like let it happen as it happens like don't don't turn into the micromanaging mother who's you know got the giant checklist for the summer of all the weird little things that they need to have gotten done i'm already making a checklist but only for the books that each kid has to read before like the ones that is is not very much. They all read like a bushel a day of something. But there are those things that I'm like, wait, have you never read? Uh-huh. You know, fill in the blank, whatever. Yeah, it's time. I don't. I'm not opposed to that. All you're I'm so saying, opposed. you're all, so telling me I'm not all allowed I'm to tell my kids what to read. Is that if you're if you're coming up with a list of things that Farmer Boy would have known how to do? And so, you're going to have to make sure that your son learns it all so that he has the art of manliness at a young age. I just, it's less about that. It's Mm -hmm. more like, no, teach him to be a hard worker, teach him to be interested, teach him to be creative. How about being the kind of person who has a sparkle in their eye all the time? Someone someone who is enjoying life understands the reward system of putting work in and getting pleasure out of things. Maybe it's climbing trees, or maybe it's reading or maybe But the thing i think more specifically answering this question i'm not doing domestic arts class like like typically what are my boys doing when i'm doing that oh they're probably i mean like if when i'm teaching a daughter to knit something or when i'm specifically working on something with her oh well he's probably reading or playing with the other kids or in the backyard or with like i'm not i'm not being like or... i'm not like calling uh, everyone to the big event and then saying not you you right. must go away from this place right um haven't seen moses lately we're trying to keep an eye on the yeah. playground here guys but moses. i'm pretty sure he's there rage yeah moses is my recently potty trained that's a big us check out moment. that thing that's a big not one. another diaper in my house after like we had a couple tiny windows when I was probably big pregnant with someone, but it's been thirteen years. Oh man! Of diapers, we did a loose calculation. We believe it was twenty one thousand ish diapers. <laughs> it's like, and that's like oh, on an. Oh man! Okay. That funny. Well, I'm going to tell you this. This is weird that I read this article. You can tell I was sitting in an airport, um, and there was a something prompted prompted me on my Facebook feed I don't know if it was suggested or if somebody shared it but it was a um, it was an article about like 15 celebrities and the reasons they chose to never have children you can't could it be because their own childhoods were miserable no no, it's basically could have been summed up by 15 people who were selfish little (laughs) piggies I mean it was so bad because but your comment about 21,000 diapers is what made me think of this because all of them were sort of like, yes. I just knew that although I could have children, my career is just so much more important to me than children ever would be. And and uh, I wouldn't want my children to suffer. So I just didn't bring them into well, the world. Well, actually, because I'm so noble. Yeah. Because I'm so yeah. noble, I yeah. already knew. Uh-huh. I already uh-huh. knew in advance that but I'd a be a selfish like, piggy Well, no, they were saying things like, like uh well I just knew that it would be like 18 years and it's like I can manage pets because the puppy phase is short but I don't have patience for children but this is like Oprah Winfrey said that you know it was like I'm good with puppies kids are too much of a commitment and then it was like I mean it was just a lot of people all saying the same thing over and over and over which is my career is too important did you see that horrifying news story from Australia that really is the worst thing. I mean, it's just like so many layers of devious that it's, you just can't even with it, really. But <laughs> it was like woman who had was pregnant with twins and was told that one oh, of them had a heart yeah. defect. So they went to abort the one with the heart defect and aborted the healthy one. Oh my word. Found out, whoops, we killed your wrong child. So they went ahead and still aborted the one with the heart defect that they set out like it was like we don't want to bother with that one and everyone's like dang awkward uh oops awkward um like apologies from the hospital but you're like but no one apologizing for the whole fact that you were in that sort of uh thought process in the first place you know like no oh but I just the thing about the the celebrities all being too selfish and caught up in their own affairs to have children is just so noticeable how little our culture actually esteems the work of motherhood and the sacrifice of motherhood and the decisions to put your your own interests behind you know, someone behind else's something for, else? for 18 years or more than 18 years yeah exactly but I just think if you have more than one child definitely shocking. more than 18 years it's like shocking how little we mm. actually esteem it you know and the idea of a mother doing that for 13 years changing the diapers is not seen as noble it's just it's seen like as man idiotic what a drudge of a life I've been living with yeah. me and my 21,000 diapers yeah and I think for like lots of women who are actually in the midst of doing this, it's like, it's hard. It is hard work. Like, it really is. And it does have a certain... No, there is a... glamour to it. No, there (laughs) is a certain kind of... Like, there's a series of mothering emotions that don't have names. Like there that no one has classified and categorized these no. but boy so, are they no. ever a So thing. when they overtake you you don't know what it is. Yeah, the one the you. one that I can remember that I've probably said this. It just still makes me laugh. When the oldest four were all little so when it was like me and all people who were not really much to talk to. So like they talked but not It was like you really were not talking to a person who could follow your thought all day long. In that phase that was uniquely trying. I think probably three of them were in diapers at that time. I was Mm -hmm. getting a jump start on the (laughs) 21,000. And there would be this, the kind of emotion that was like, if Luke was going to be like, you know, 11 minutes late, that I actually felt Like realistically, I may die before then, like 11 minutes, Yeah, there will be no surviving. And, but that's like a really unique feeling like where, and Mm -hmm. it's still every once in a while can happen to me at some time where, where you're like, if I'm really tired or really hungry or really behind on a bunch of stuff or all of those things at the same time, Mm -hmm. and you're like in a dirty kitchen without a plan for dinner. And everyone's like, I'm super hungry. What's for after school snacks? Or what's for... And typically, everyone has a different question. But it's like a question overload moment. That's an emotion that... Has no name, but it's like it's it's, it is a very real and palpable feeling, it's akin to claustrophobia, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) it so is, (laughs) and it's almost like mental claustrophobia because people say things like, Can I have an apple? but you have to like run the scenarios because if I say yes to this person, how many other people are going to want? An apple and what if there's only three apples, but I know I have six children yeah, who you'll want an committed apple. To slicing and then them. I will have like started something that I never meant to start <laughs> and then and then or you know, people can't find socks or they can't, you know, and you're like, Oh, uh, I'm going to die I'm yeah. going to well, die." or you have seemingly uh insurmountable problems but then if you can just step back for a second and you realize it's so funny because it's like it's the bathroom drawers and you feel like it's this mountain you can't climb <laughs> <It's like laughs> you're like there so, is no so, answer there is no hope no you hope. don't see it just <laughs> old tubes of I, I, I have taken my whole heart and soul and I've gone really little with it and, and, and I have tethered the future of all of us to like some really tiny problem like, that's it. Oh, as so I say funny. as I have said before when I caught myself before telling my children that they would never be allowed to have <laughs> curtains again <laughs> you have to be in a special place. You, you have to have gotten to a yeah, special place exactly. to think that that's reasonable but, talk. So the thing is, this is the case. But I think that in that moment, when yes, the what's the word for the opposite of glamour, like the disglamour <laughs> of life, it's is, like it's really, is really kind just of like overwhelming. The realness of it. The there's thing something about it kind is of raw. There's a and, huge temptation to resentment. And that temptation is being fed like day and night and night and day by our culture. This yeah. is worth resenting. This absolutely well, is that's... worth resenting. And the thing about no, it like is... No, like poor you. You should have taken time for yeah. yourself. Or they say things. Like someone will pop off with some nasty piece of something. Like <laughs> like today I couldn't take it anymore. And I left the house to get myself a pedicure and a manicure and ignore everyone. And they can jolly well deal with their own lives. <laughs> And then there will always be someone there to say, I'm so proud of you. Somebody to hold your coat. I am so proud of you. Yeah. For taking responsibility of self-care. Self-care. For loving yourself and stepping out there in this selfish way. Did I, did I already say it on the podcast about that funny thing? I I think think so. Yeah. That it was like everything that's good and pleasant will fall into place (laughs) when you are just selfish. (laughs) But see, but see, here's the thing. Like we have a culture that is fanning that little flame the little yeah. the temptation but, to but snarkiness. specifically fanning it for women because yes. it is it's not they don't do it to men and their children to men they're all like how dare you oppress womankind by not handling yeah. your but, half but i think there's a couple things for this one is to note that if the culture is um if the culture is is spending this much energy attacking uh-huh. something uh-huh. then it tells it's you that it's gotta be gotta good gotta be good if they are willing to spend this much time attacking it and, and i like, for billboards it's I worth mean, like, defending they're, yeah they're worried about it they're it's like like stand your ground women because it's worth it like if the enemy is relentlessly what attacking you said it, about all the little like you will be all of these little things that that come your way every day you are feeding something. All of those little moments are feeding something. You're growing something. Yes. And you could be growing your own bitterness and resentment about the work or you could be growing your own Christian walk in how much you yeah. lay your life down and and But it's also do it cheerfully. so short-sighted of everybody because no one would ever treat it this way like if they came into your house and they saw that you were repainting your living room, for instance. And it was like you had drug the furniture out and you taped some things off and you'd take the curtain, taking the curtains down and you're painting and you're like all covered in paint and it's all just a little bit, you know, caulk kind of here and there. Nobody would come in and be like, you poor, poor thing. How oh. are you... Doing. I mean, because everyone sees, like, oh, you're in the middle of an important project. How exciting! This looks fun, and they might say things like, "I think wow, somebody, will. Might somebody say will pour do a poor thing. Somebody will." Yeah. But I just mean, like, most people see that, like, there's a there's an outcome here, and they are they see that all of this effort and the fact that yep, you've got you know drywalls dust all over your head. This is all because you're actually trying to do something neat, uh-huh. and. And they see that there is a goal in mind, but for whatever reason, when it comes to raising children, it's seen as this utterly worthless thing that has no part of that outcome. Part of whatsoever. that is people tend to think that you are the the result of your child raising is gonna just pop out the other end with nothing to bear on what you put in. Yeah, I, like like that. There's no. Right. It can't possibly. They're probably going to hate you anyway. Yeah, you're going to go through this horrible time. Teenagers where they're really are going to be awful. Like, I wonder why they would. Why they yeah. would think of all yeah. of us as but teenagers? But I just mean, like, if somebody came into the kitchen and you were in the middle of cooking a major. <laughs> I'm loving. I'm loving. Sorry, out here on the playground, it looks like a nice dog, but like um, your kids are gathered around My it. kids are just... He's tied up. Yeah, I know, but Moses went and put his arms around his neck oh, to, like, funny. say hello to the dog. And it. Yeah, but I just sorry. mean, like, let's say somebody came into your kitchen and you, you were in the middle of making soup, and they started bemoaning the fact that you oh, had my, carrot tops. It smells like, like sautéing onions in Yeah, here. and look yeah, at the oh. onion papers that you've oh. got scattered around. This like, is, because people see that there's... Don't you feel just really demeaned yeah, by all this? there's when they see mm. a lot of sawdust they actually generally understand that that you're making trying to something. make something here and so it's really i think it's a really important thing to not lose sight of the fact that that's actually what you're doing i think i've said this part on the on the podcast because i'm miss Rapiti right now and that is <laughs> but that is that when i first started having children and i hope some of you have noticed this but when i was first having children it was far more common for me to get negative comments from older women. From women who were older than me. Yeah. You know? For sure. And common. Like, it was common for women to be like, kind of give you that look like, well, there you go, throwing your life away. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Like there. And that was the most common public, you know, like uh-huh. stranger interaction would be older women from the who were being snark festivals about the kids. Yeah. But then this, they the generation of children that were raised in by that those women? by those people. I, it's like now it is a million times more common for me to have someone who's checking me out at the grocery store. You know, being like, well, what do you need all this for? And I'm like, oh, we have a big family dinner every Saturday. And wow. and they're like, oh, that's so cool. Like, my aunt had a big family. It was so fun to be at their house. Or, or to be like, I wish I had a big family. Or I wish... But it's the weirdest of... It was a really marked transition that I far hmm. more often get people now... Thinking that they, I, I, think it's like weirdly coincided with this whole local movement. Like, yeah. like we're the local people. Like, yeah. we're the the we're indigenous the group that is making our organic own food. Tomatoes. Yeah, no, but like we make our own food at home, which is like super local, yokel of us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, but it's funny to me how much that has changed. Like that, that. I think it was probably Brad and Angelina started having children, and everyone did reconciled themselves I just (laughs) I think it is what I meant is I think it is kids who know what they didn't get who know what they lost and think think it's cool doesn't mean they're gonna go on to do it I just think it's really important for women to see that like culturally this matters a lot and oh, it's like nobody time. in war, nobody goes around attacking targets that don't mean anything, you know. No, you don't put a lot of work in no. on that. Sometimes you end up just fighting on the ground that you're on because that's where the enemy is. But most of the time, if you're planning out your spring. Project in war, you're gonna go for the city that you actually think would matter if you take it. Yeah, and and I think that we should see that is like if the enemy is attacking relentlessly and has been for generations. On (laughs) Moses getting killed about Moses, I am because he's I he's taken up a catch game. This dog is just giving him the tennis ball right back. They're playing like two foot catch. It's pretty cute. Yeah. But anyway, if the enemy's been relentlessly attacking it for generations, yeah, perhaps worth, we should tune in yeah. that that's maybe that's where our flag is. It's like, hey. Maybe. And we lost track of where the real flag and capture the flag was. Why not let them capture it? And they <laughs> keep on saying that they have, and that's like, the thing. They're like, This was it, our triumphal <laughs> exit, we're done, we're done. And then it just they keep trying to get it some more. Which yeah. makes you think maybe you didn't get it yet. So and, and I think that lots of times, especially around Mother's Day, we can get lots of little sweetsy uh feel good appreciate your mother stuff and I'm not opposed to that but I think it's it's so much bigger than that shallower so much more important than that like and yes it's true all the diapers all of the scraped knees all of the up in the nights all of those things but I think that those little commercials tend to have the happy outcome is the sweet little child who puts his chubby little arms around your neck they and never talk about the happy outcome being like that you're not you're not parenting little kids because of the preciousness of little no. kids. You're parenting them like think of the no the psalm about like arrows in the hand of a mighty man. And I think too often people put little arrows on the back windshield of their car without actually thinking about. You what know what, it what means. happens? You know what happens is that people people just don't want to be affiliated with different uncool Christian movements. So like well, yeah. where the Bible talks about happy as the man who has his quiver full of yeah. these arrows. But it's And not. then we're all like, quiver quiverful movement. That was weird. You know what I mean? Like don't wanna, <laughs> don't wanna like, well, be associated with it was. quantity right. over quality. Like <laughs> just the crank these, the kids. No, out. the psalm doesn't say like like all the puppies in the basket will be the man who has these a bunch of little cozy sweet cozy children. Times. Like all the little bubblegums in the bubblegum machine. Yeah, and so, that actually <laughs> goes back to what we were talking about before was that that what we're training our kids to be is a certain kind of person and I've said before it was a, it was a theme of a grace agenda before we want our daughters to be dangerous women like we yes. want them to be an absolute threat but see but not thing. because they're being like men because they're no. being like women who actually are defending what we're talking about who are fighting with the power that God yes, has given us but when the psalm it doesn't just say whose sons are like arrows It's the children are arrows. And it's like, seriously, think about your kids. You're trying to make hand grenades here. Like Mm -hmm. you're, you're trying to manufacture little humans who are going to go out and, and actually leave a dent in this culture. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's so much bigger than just, oh, and then we'll have that beautifully sweet family picture that we can frame when everyone was clean and all wearing matching white shirts. It's like you're, you're aiming for something so much bigger and more important than that, that. Then when you think about all the diapers and all the runny noses and all oh, the sleepless so, nights. Oh, it's not a big deal. It's so worth it. But I think about it when I look at Grandpa Jim.
1: Yes. right? And I look
0: at Grandpa Jim and I like think, was it worth it for his mother to change his diaper all of those times and to yes. feed him all of those times? And we're like, well, how many people think it was now? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, everybody. Like, how? <laughs> and you look at little people like Moses and you think, like, well, he's a grandfather of... Who knows how many. Do you know what I mean? Like, who knows how God will use these people? Like, we're not... You you want them to be the kind of people who are going to go, like, honestly leave a major mark in this world. And so think of making rocket propelled grenades or something. I know, you're like, "Okay, well what kind of what kind of fire do these yes. children need?" And of course your girls are going to be a different kind of grenade. Like you're going to or you're going to point them in a different direction. And even but, but even within make our, a different, I have four girls with very different gifts and talents and I'm not aiming to make one model of no. Christian woman we're, we're aiming to be like the best right. that each one of these can be right and then when, when whatever circumstances God has for them and whatever situation they're placed in they will be the kind of person who is going to make the most of that right. moment and that situation with the gifts that they've been given so it's not about like trying to conform them all into this one little uh, stencil of femininity or this one little stencil of masculinity right. but Just trying to shape them, but fundamentally wanting them to each be conformed to the image of Christ, exactly, and and reflecting that how they are with their gifts. But all of us being conformed into one image, which is His, right? And which does mean sometimes steering them away from certain activities because those are steering them towards detrimental or steering them towards other ones. Okay, so what's your recommend? Oh, I have one this time. And that's rare that I do. But I had to go buy tweezers last week because my eyebrows were looking like a wild creature of the jungle. And I could not find any good tweezers in my life. And they were like... The only ones we had were they really couldn't have picked up like a piece of popcorn really Mm. I mean they're terrible Mm -hmm. I love when tweezers get damaged so that (laughs) so that when you pinch them shut the tips are not touching no they're not even like you couldn't do anything with it so I was like fine I kept thinking that the other ones would turn up and they kept not turning up and so finally it was like that's it I'm gonna go buy the stupid tweezers and you know, usually when I buy tweezers, what is it, like three, four bucks at Walmart kind of a level of tweezer that that's I usually why, get. That's why we live with this. That's why it's a problem. Yeah. And anyway, I was near Ulta, so I just ran in Ulta and, and I went to the tweezer section and the lady was like, actually, if you want the best tweezers in all the land, go over there and buy the benefit ones. So I took her at her word, but they were like 20 bucks. And I was like, whatever, fine, I'll buy the Silly tweezers, because things were reckless. They were very reckless. So, I went and bought them. Oh my word! It's amazing. It's like twenty dollars is very worth it for these tweezers. I had thought I that about put tweezerman. Put stamp tweezerman of tweezers also offer a very very pointy one. So, but see, these aren't even that pointy. But they have a fabulous texture on them. But anyhow, that she told me, she was like, "Well, tweezerman are obviously the ones." Like, because there was the whole rack of tweezers, and she said, "Here are the tweezerman's; these are good." She's like, "But if you want the really the best ones in all the world, go over to the benefit section and buy those." So I did, and it was amazing. It's good to know. It was really good. Yeah. Everyone, well, what I was gonna say is the really like the really pointy tweezerman's are well worth having if you are a sliver remover of your household. Yeah. Because instead of trying to, you know, dig around. With a blunt instrument <laughs> trying to get mm-hmm. a sliver out. Mm-hmm. Having a pointed end that just Well, extracts. this actually, that you bring this up, this was what propelled me off to Ulta. Was me trying to get a piece of glass out of Ben's foot in a place where mm. you couldn't reach. With these terrible tweezers. And it was like trying to do it with maybe a butter knife. Yeah. Like trying to get it out. It was so Completely bad. Completely unhelpful. So, I ended up going and getting them. And I'm just, I'm going to say it. They're worth it, guys. It's good to know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's great to know because... Because um, I think some there are some things that the name brand or the best version is so worth the extra money that, that it's true? impossible. I will tell you, I can give you a list of the things that I believe only name brand. Okay. Give it to me. Honeymade grand crackers. Except like, I'm mad at them right now. I, I have been mad at them for some time. They've been doing gay They're commercials. Dorks. They're actually worse than dorks. They are manipulative Meanies about it, but <laughs> but aside from that, the quality of the taste of the cracker yeah. is it it's is better. like no, it is like a, a graham cracker versus a piece of cardboard. You like know, it's just are softer and crumblier. They're not. they yeah, they like they just wrong texture. So aside from the political standpoint, of funny <laughs> me. But then Advil is way better than uh, than knockoff belly? ibuprofen. Oh, see, I get caught there because I'm like, oh, oh, how, how could the price it? be yeah. worth it but it's, it's so worth it It's so worth it. Same with quill versus like equate oh, quill really? and probably <laughs> same with allergy medicine. Probably cuz some things yeah. I think I know that the name brand is just a hoax, but in some cases no, you're like no. It does matter. No, the nicer brand well, is a nicer brand. Honey nut cheerios are the only there kinds. is no bag no. of cheery no cheery circles for your morning <laughs> that is going to taste like a honey nut cherry. or or even a generic brand, a raisin brand is Mm-mm. the worst catalogs are nothing no there's a reason that the bag cereals have not put the box cereals out of business <laughs> there is a reason there. <laughs> I love how I was at the grocery store with my kids just today And we passed by and one of my kids was like Oh mom, look, they have Biscoff You know, it's like Nutella and Biscoff Yeah I was like, we don't need to get fat this week Let's <laughs> <laughs> We'll save that for another oh, time oh, No word. need to get fat on Biscoff right now <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting fat already this week i, don't <laughs> I don't need have that any scheduled extra. i have that scheduled on pastas <laughs> no <laughs> i have something oh, else for that dear. yes anyways so well, do you have a recommend uh well i just i just gave them all <laughs> i just gave just, all my amazing recommend. recommends <laughs> yeah name brand advil i'm on it i'm on it with the hot tips <laughs> <laughs> we're moving times are not the clearest Okay, of you times. should be giving us some moving tips from your great Oh, should I? From your great I'll wisdom. I'll give you my hot tip. So, okay. because we're moving into mom and dad's, I've been, because uh, my parents are moving into my gra- my grandpa's house to take care of him and we're trying to build our house so we're moving into my parents' house because we sold ours so we can build ours. So, this masterpiece of timing that God worked out for us. But now, so since it's my parents' house, I'm trying to move things over there that I can now To Mm -hmm. get, you know, like, thin the crowd. But I took our Duplos. (laughs) And our Duplos is not a slim amount of Duplos. Our Duplos is a Duplo barrel, sort of. It's a big Duplo bucket. And um, I opened the car door and grabbed the big bag that I had full of some fabric that I was bringing out. So pulled that out and knocked the entire bushel Oh, uh, no, way more than a bushel. It's a lot more than a bushel of duplos out onto the onto their yeah. driveway, so mm. duplos just went everywhere. Oh. And I was like, see, this is what i this is a strategy of thinking ahead and dropping some duplos off at mom's <laughs> Just That's like a hot tip for moving yeah. Take things with lots idea. of small parts And just throw them out <laughs> On the on the road And it wouldn't be so bad if it was just Duplos Except for when that happened It revealed how many pieces of smaller Legos And Playmobil and oh. Magnetiles Were in the Dupla bin Yeah. So then we had to sort those So now my whole life is that kind of Baggy full of mixed goods <laughs> That I am not not loving ah uh, yeah but it's all right oh oh gosh who was that did you see what happened no oh there's so sad there's a dad playing catch with his son and he oh. threw the baseball and it just went right over his mitt and just pegged him in the nose <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> That's the hard times of being a dad oh, who's doing yeah. a good job. He is doing a job. He's pinching his nose because I think it's no, bleeding. but I mean, he's like, already doing a good job that he's playing yeah. baseball he's with him. Just All right, well, the we blood. should we should go. Okay, we'll try to keep you in we the loop. We are going to, although, okay, guys, we're trying to figure this out, but I'm leaving for England soon this week. So, uh. We might have to go on a summer vacation. Well, but I was telling—I was—we're going to see if we can figure out how we could do this on the phone. But it might be really terrible quality. Yeah. So if you don't hear from us, we'll talk to you later. We'll update them on that. Yeah. We we can find a way. All right. All right. See you later. Have a good time. I'm a 2009 graduate of New Saint Andrews College, and I'm a commercial property manager three kids at Logos, one at home still and I do flowers on the side out of our house. When you have these little people that you're responsible to shepherd, you realize, I need to know what I'm talking about because they need to have a firm foundation and they need deep roots so that they don't get blown over and that they're ready to stand up for the truth. I am a programmer. The language aspect of NSA is a fantastic preparation for any sort of programming. I'm a real estate broker here in town. I think absolutely the perfect um, education for being in sales of, of really any kind. I actually put it to a lot of great use when I was working in the political realm. I am a pastor in the Central Coast, California. Whatever vocation you take, it'll make you take that seriously because you're seeing it through the lens of the sovereignty and lordship of Christ. To learn more, visit us online at nsa.edu.